Live from Hollywood, it's the Nighttime Show with Stephen Kramer Glickman. Tonight, we have our head writer and producer, Matt Walker. I'm the voice of the Nighttime Show, Mike Black. Our very special guest played Black Bolt on Marvel's Inhumans. And he's also Captain Pike on Star Trek Discovery. You can listen to his podcast, The Well, available everywhere. Fine podcasts are listened to. Anson Mount. And now, our host, the giggliest of the giggle pusses in the entire universe, Stephen Kramer Glickman. Yeah! That was great. Terrific. <laughs> Only right. two takes. Right. <laughs> He's a professional. He is a sort professional. Uh, wow. Uh, Anson, this is very exciting. Uh, we, uh, I'm very, very big, big fan of you. I have your action figure on my desk. <laughs> is that weird? That's weird to say that to another grown man. Nobody's ever said that to me before. <laughs> no way. I'm not the, I can't be the first. I, was, the whole action figure thing is very new to me. That's well, well yeah. that's pretty Two big. out of three people in the room have action figures of, of your character. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, Mike has one, too. I, actually, I have a Christopher Pike action figure also. I was Holy once, I was once uh, Legoed, but I don't know if they ever ooh. put it out. <laughs> oh. uh, wow. Yeah, when... when um, so, when I, so I did a movie with Liam Neeson called Nonstop, and uh, that was coming out that came out i think right before uh the lego movie was coming out in which he was voicing batman <laughs> so they took they took the in, the entire trailer of nonstop and they did the lego version frame oh, for frame shot for shot that's Amazing. And they had to Lego me for it. That's wow. amazing. It was one of the coolest things. Yeah. Well, so yeah. your Lego exists. You know yeah, that much. It's You're, somewhere. At least there's at least one. <laughs> for yeah. Sure. I know. I love that, man. That's got to be. Uh, that's a. That's a big deal. Not everybody gets turned into toys. Not everyone has played a toy yeah. or has been as played a. Do, do you a, have your own yeah. toys at home? Do I still have toys? Because like of we my went, we went to Walter Koenig's house and he's just got a shelf of nothing but Chekhov's. Oh, yeah, no, like, so I guess the question is, do like you have Like an Anton Chekhov? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that would be really... <laughs> not, as, not as many Chekhov action figures as you'd think. <laughs> yeah. like, I have yeah. Ibsen, O'Neill. I almost have the whole set. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do, so do you have any Black Bolt action figures? I have the Black Bolt bobblehead above, uh, mm-hmm. sitting on the shelf above my desk. And we have uh, one of the... Uh, one of the plushy toys that was made uh, for, oh God, I've already forgotten my dog's name in the show. <laughs> I oh. should know this and I don't. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, wait, hang on. I know. What? <laughs> you know, God. you say as you start Googling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frantically. No. We'll, fi- we'll figure it out. It's, uh, it's, uh, li- there's Lockjaw. 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 I knew I knew it. Thank you. I knew I was about to revoke your geek card from both yeah. of you. I know. I was very upset. At, yeah, I at, have a, uh, I have a pug. So seeing Lockjaw on, Lockjaw's not a pug. Lockjaw's like a bulldog kind of, or half bulldog, half pug. He's like sort of somewhere in there. Isn't that, sh- isn't that funny how, as a child, I, I I drew shame from being a geek, and now <laughs> I am drawing shame from not being a big enough geek. <laughs> not being right. geek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy how that it happens. is weird. It is weird. It is got. Yeah, I never fit so... in. And ju- I got picked <laughs> yeah. on in junior high. I was the I was the geek that got picked on, and now I I've blossomed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm being picked on by the geeks. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, hey, never come stops. on. But I'm still a geek. I still get picked on by the geeks because I'm into different geeky stuff. Like, I don't care about the comic book stuff. Like, it yeah. just, I, I'm not into it. Yeah. But yeah, Matt's a real. But they make fun of me because I'm a big Avatar fan. Well, and, and that's the big, one that everybody is like a big Star Trek fan. Well, I'm the biggest Star Trek yeah, fan, you know. He's a yeah. major Star Trek yeah. fan, oh, wow. and he's a big game show fanatic where he really? knows everything about every game show that's yes. ever existed in history. It's fucking ridiculous. I was watching Password <laughs> Plus earlier tonight with What's host funny? Alan Ludden. Okay, all right, Matt. Um, yeah, old, VHS, old VHS tapes of Press Your Luck. <laughs> yeah. I have a whammy on my wall because <laughs> Stephen was in a television wow. show called Big Time Rush, uh-huh. and one of the directors is the guy that drew the whammies for the TV show back in the day. Oh, wow. And oh, uh, Savage Steve Holland. Yeah, who, who wanted, did, he did Better Off Dead and... Uh, one crazy, one crazy summer. Crazy summer yeah. There was a script out there about the guy who who decoded uh, Press Your Luck game and won like hundred thousand uh, dollars. I forget his last name. Yeah, right. And Bill Murray was gonna do it. I don't know mm-hmm. if he ever ended up doing it. They did a, a documentary that I've seen about it. Oh really? Um, but it would make a good movie because that guy was just yeah. such a weirdo. It was a great script. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and know. he would be great for. It. I remember over the silent movie theater before it uh, went away. Uh, they showed like best of game show moments and they had that in there and they talked about that script and everything and I was like God that wouldn't make a good movie and my favorite thing about the whole story is that he figured out the pattern by sitting at home watching VHS right whatever he gets there he gets to $100,000 which is his goal and the show had already run like 45 minutes of recording this time (laughs) it's supposed to be a half hour show and and, you know they tried to not pay him but at the very end so he's like all right, I'm done passes the rest of his spins because that's what you do and he had like two spins left so this other woman got like a whammy. So then like she could then pass the spins back to him. So she passed a spin back to him <laughs> just cause she's like, all right, this is clearly, there's nothing to happen. So I'm just going to try to make him go bankrupt. And then he, he didn't get a whammy, but he didn't hit as good as he was. Cause he was all nervous at that point. So he didn't have it locked in. So he almost blew the whole thing oh, at the very wow. end. Wow. Yeah. That is fucking bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Anson, let's jump. We Here's what we got to talk about. Enough game show history. Enough with the game show history. Anson, let's start. Uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in White Bluff, Tennessee. Okay. All right. When, when what, what did you do? Uh, what did your family do out there? Like, what, what were they into? Oh, man. Um, were they, what, what type of work did your dad do? Well, my, my, my father was from the same hometown, but... He um, he he joined the military uh, to go and fight Hitler and wound up on a an aircraft carrier in the Atlantic and then during Korea he had he had developed tuberculosis and mm-hmm. spent two years in the hospital having pieces of his lung cut out and the only thing that he had to do while he was recuperating is play banjo paint and uh, and write and he wrote about a short story writing contest in a brand new magazine that was going to be published called Playboy. Hmm. And he wow. entered the contest and he won. And he got his story published in the first issue of Playboy magazine. And they called him up and said, you can't enter again because you've already won, but we're, if you want, when you get out of the hospital, you've got a job waiting for you in Chicago. Wow. So on a lark, my crap. father moved to Chicago and was actually driving a cab <laughs> to supplement <laughs> his income because they weren't making any money. A Playboy yeah. was just, it was a half a floor of office cubicles and uh, on one floor of an office building in Chicago. And uh, because my father had gone to an Episcopal school, the uh, Hefner made him the religion editor. And because Hefner was a very smart man, and he, he yeah. knew that he was either going to invite a boycott or he was going to start a conversation. And so my father was in charge of the conversation. 
So this led to my father working with uh, Dr. King. Uh, I, I ran into, oh my gosh, I ran into <laughs> Jesse Jackson for the first time in years a few months ago, and he gave me a big hug and said, your, oh, wow. father is, your father is the first person who ever gave me an interview that was actually about me. Holy wow. crap. And then, um, <laughs> That's amazing. So then later on, uh, around 1968, the, 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 the conversation had been had. And Hef was like, we're a men's magazine. We don't have a sports column. We need a sports column. Who, near, who here knows anything about sports? And nobody raised their hand. <laughs> and my father said, well, I watch the games on Saturdays sometimes. And he goes, that's it. We're killing religion. You're picking up sports. <laughs> My father freaked out because he didn't know anything about sports writing. He was a biology major. <laughs> so he he contacted every sports athletic director in the country. And he said, if you fill out this questionnaire I have, I'll get you a subscription. So <laughs> he ended up knowing who was making grades, who was uh, behavioral problems, who was going to make the cut, who wow. wasn't, who was getting injured. So he became the best football prognosticator in the business. And uh, after he'd sort of established himself doing that, and he met my mother, which was his second marriage. She was from the South as well. And uh, after three years of, uh, actually five years of the Chicago winters, she had had enough. (laughs) (laughs) Said, I'm moving South. You can come with me or you can stay here. So uh, they ended up back in his hometown where I grew up. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, it was a, it was a one stoplight town in rural Tennessee. It was an idyllic place to grow up. Uh, people ask me, "Oh, was were, were you from Nashville?" I said, like, <laughs> going, like, "No, Reese Witherspoon's from Nashville. She <laughs> went to one of the the best private schools in the nation. She has a different accent. I'm from the other side of the tracks." I grew up hunting squirrels in my backyard. And <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All of that. Wow. Yeah. So did, what did your father do once you guys moved out there? Did he continue to write? or was Yeah, he, oh. there was this brand new invention called the fax machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a lot of his work remotely. He would go up a couple of times a year. Well, actually, Chicago. not to interject, but the fax machine actually predates the telephone. Really? Yes. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Holy shit. I did not I'm know that, Matt. It's, it's a, is a that random fact. Yeah, it is a thing. big brain. I'm mad. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I don't know how it worked back hey, then. Hey, uh, uh, no, no joke, but if you do listen to uh, the Nolan Gould episode of the oh, yeah. podcast, the most recent Nolan Gould episode mm-hmm. from Modern Family, Matt and him uh, did the Mensa uh because no one goes a Mensa, Mensa member. Ma- he's a Mensa member, and he's the young youngest. Mensa one of the member, youngest. One yeah. of the youngest. Uh. So him and Matt uh, had a Mensa off on stage, <laughs> live in front of an audience, <laughs> and Matt kicked his ass, which was <laughs> fucking I would amazing. Say I, his ass. I beat him oh, by one you question. Did great, was great. That yeah. was a hey, one question's all you need. Yeah, you know. Uh, but it was, it was, but it was. We did yeah. kind of stack the deck. Most of the questions were about fax machines. Yes. A little unfair. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. So, okay. All right. So, um, how? at what point in your youth do you decide to, to start to get into it? Like, what gets you into acting? Like, what's... How do you get into it? Like, what did you get in? How did you... What'd you... How'd you... Hmm. What'd you... What'd you... And how'd you... 
is the real question. <laughs> Maybe the most probing question you'll hear <laughs> yeah. all night. <laughs> Who am I, Larry King over here? Would you? How'd you? Uh, it, oh, what, gosh. what first gave you the bug? Yeah, like what? Yeah, where the bug come from? Painful adolescence. Uh, I was uh, the the junior high in our town was um, not the best at the time, right? And I was in a I was a very awkward child. I was I was a very late bloomer, and so um, I, I was I was a runt. I, I was I was picked on. I was an intellectual. I had glasses and braces, and I was the kid that got stuffed in trash can. So I so you decided, were like Matt is now. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to transfer to a larger junior high um, in the middle of the county, and it had a it had a, a lot more to offer academically. Um, were you a smart kid? I was. Yeah. I was. Um, and the junior high I come from had advanced different levels of mathematics, uh, but that was about it. So I didn't really know how to negotiate this new system. But I did, over the course of the two years I was there, sort of recognize that there's a really fun group of kids in all the advanced classes. And I was like... I was not doing that well. I was I was starting to get bad grades for the first time in my life. My father passed away. I did not react to it well. And I knew something had to change. So at the time when you uh, moved on to high school there, they didn't really check your transcripts. And you could sign up to, for whatever you wanted. So I arbitrarily just signed myself up to all of the most advanced classes and all of the subjects. So mm-hmm. just so I could be in the classrooms with this group of kids I th- thought was funny and cool. Actually, and interesting. Yeah, people, interesting. You know, and turned out, funny enough, those were all the best teachers in all the best classes. And yeah. I ended up making better grades and doing quite well. Uh, and they had all gotten involved in the drama department. And so I was like, well, well I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. You know, and so I auditioned. I remember my first play, it was 12 Angry Men. And uh, mm-hmm. I got cast as the guard. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of 12 juicy rolls. <laughs> yeah. Got you got the, the 13th. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it was a fun rehearsal process. But the first time I walked out onto the stage with a live audience, uh, it was that moment uh, that people talk about when they talk about love at first sight, like mm-hmm. hit, getting hit with a bolt of lightning. Mm-hmm. It was that. It was, I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was just, oh, is my microphone dipping? Yeah, sorry. And it was just uh, the most transformative experience. Uh, and all I knew is that I wanted more of that. <laughs> yeah. And I had um, really good teachers who, <clears throat> who encouraged me, Randy and Glenda Sullivan, mm-hmm. and uh, a mom who had followed her passion as a golfer and told me to follow mine. Wow. And luckily, nobody told me that I was a terrible actor. <laughs> nice. And I really was. I have looked back at the tapes. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, right. most high school plays, to be fair, not, right. not the greatest. Now, was either. your mom a professional golfer? Uh, she was for a time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She she mostly taught. She she mm-hmm. she played the tour for a short time. But she had also, she had taken 10 years off of yeah. golf to raise me. So... That kind of that'll do it, and yeah. those are usually the prime years for a woman athlete, like in her thirties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so then I, I decided to study it in college, but I knew I knew 
I also wanted to get a liberal arts education. So I went to my father's alma mater, Sewanee, also called the University of the South. <laughs> and um, it's, in, it's in the mountains in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And it's got a small but very well put together theater program. Tennessee Williams left his entire estate to wow. the university. Wow, oh my God, that's incredible. And they actually sent me to New York on financial aid to study there for a while and taking some professional courses, oh, cool. which was enough to show me that I knew nothing. <laughs> and so then I applied to graduate school and managed to get in at Columbia. And then uh, I did that. And I managed to sign with a William Morris my last semester. And then I just started working. I, I honestly don't think anybody's asked me if I actually want to be doing this. <laughs> right. Well, kind well of, do you? <laughs> I think so. I think, I think so, so. But it's yeah. just like, you Are know, we having an epiphany right now? I, <laughs> just, I just sort of like. I don't know. I, I put my nose to the grindstone. I looked up and I was 45. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd feel really bad if you left this podcast and became a plumber. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you really screwed him up. We, <laughs> well, Lee, Lee Marvin was a plumber before he yeah, was an actor. Yeah. It's fine to go that way. It's, yeah. it's going back. He's you know? like, that's yeah. it. It's like Captain Pike. Now he's going to be in the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's earlier yeah. in the timeline where we're just going to do yeah, it. So totally I don't have to do anything. Thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what was the first play you did that that you got like a meaty part that you actually enjoyed? Oh man, the first one that sticks out, I guess. You mean uh, hmm. where you were like, oh, finally I get to like. Sing, you mean in school or in school, in school or anything? Wherever, yeah. yeah. Did you do theater in New York outside of out of? Uh, yeah, I, that's why I still live there. I, I did a play last winter. And, um. So well, you, uh, have you done plays on Broadway? Is that what you actually? I've never done Broadway proper. I've done a lot of off Broadway. Well, we need to make some oh. calls. <laughs> Broadway's like Hollywood, man. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Come on, Stephen, call your Shrek contacts. Um, <laughs> Stephen almost did Broadway. Yeah. Well, I my, almost my, did my Broadway. My first big play out of graduate school was called Corpus Christi by Terrence McNally, and it was uh, very controversial at the time. Terrence had written this play that was really. A pers- it was the most personal play he's ever written, and it, it follows the life of a of a young gay man from Corpus Christi, Texas, which he was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but the architecture he used for the story is the story of Christ. Oh, wow. So, so kind of two stories in one. And, and of course, the, 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 the right wing got a hold of this and, sure. and yeah. went to town with it and, you know... <laughs> A yeah. lot of assumptions were made, and the next thing you know, they're, they're, the theater, Manhattan Theater Club, was getting bomb threats, and they canceled yeah. the production. This is when I was still in school. I remember reading the headlines about this, because it was wow. ju- the juiciest thing going on in the theater. And then Athel Fugard and Wendy Wasserstein called up all the major playwrights in the world and put together a letter and contacted MTC and said, none of us will ever work for your theater again if you don't do this play. Wow. That is so amazing. So MTC went back to Terrence and Joe Mantello, who was directing. And by this time, they'd kind of moved on. <laughs> they were yeah. like, please yeah. come back. And by the time this all got settled out, I was out of school. And um, I was actually carrying a spear in Shakespeare in the Park, <laughs> doing assembling. <laughs> I was understudying yeah. Leah Schreiber. Oh, and I auditioned for both uh, Joshua, the lead, the Christ character, and um, and the the Judas character, and, and and they decided I was 
I remember my audition was actually after a very long flight back from Berlin, and I was so jet lagged. <laughs> but uh, they decided to to cast me, for better or for worse. And um, which which of the which two part? roles did you? Uh, Joshua, the oh, lead. Okay. And wow. Josh Lucas was cast as Judas. Oh, wow. Michael C. Hall was playing Peter. Holy, what a cast, yeah. man. Um, oh, my God. Jeremy Seamus was, um, was Simon, I believe. And um, Chris Fitzgerald was, I can't remember which role Chris was, but and Ken Leung, Ken Leung, who was in Humans with me. He was wow. James, James the Less. And uh, uh, so we just, you know, we got to work and didn't, tried not to worry about what was going on outside, but then it was kind of, you know, get to a point where it's kind of hard to, there were protests outside. Yeah. And <laughs> counter protests. Yeah. And we're just trying to do a damn play. Yeah. And like, and it's a pretty there, simple uh, play. Yeah. That's not salacious at all when you see right, it. Right, sure. Yeah. And, um, but they, they had to spend a lot of money to bring in, uh, the, you know, the security and we had, bomb sniffing dog and we had metal detectors and this is like mid 90s this is a uh, 98 okay and yeah I, I was living there I remember the having lunch with jeremy seamus in the stairwell of the theater one day and uh, a security guard uh, was setting up one of the metal detectors and we were talking to him about it he said you know somebody wants to get into it with a gun they're going to get in anyway. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Great. Yeah. Very reassuring. Yeah, sounded like maybe there's a little bit of agenda behind that statement. Um, yeah. So, you know, I never really thought anything would happen, but there was this, at the end of the play, there's this moment where, uh, in the, 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 the crucifixion scene, I was basically, I was in my, underwear basically naked and standing on the highest level of the in the theater and with my arms spread my legs crossed and I'm being hit by what are called shin busters and chin busters right these lights from the bottom and the top so you are <laughs> blind you can see literally nothing and then the, you know their first public performance there's this thing that happened where you know I realized if it's going to happen, it's going to happen night. right now. Yeah. yeah. And then this other realization happened, which was like, well, fuck, you know, this is why he did this. Mm. Wow. And this is why I'm an actor. And there's this one of those, those just like, um, you know, your soul gets connected to something else. Um, it's one of the, it's just one of those trans, transportive, transporting, tra transportational, <laughs> I don't know what the word is, transformative, yeah. but it, it's a, it's a, it was a mystical kind of experience that you rarely have on a stage. And, uh, I, that's one of the things I think that really kept me going through the harder times because yeah. I knew that was possible yeah. and I could not let go of the idea that, that I could well, yeah. have those experiences again and I wouldn't if I quit. Wow. 
Amazing. Really, yeah. The stakes couldn't be higher. Yeah. 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 You were doing at that moment. And, you know, and, and that's also that feeling, too. It's like, well, if you're going to die in, like, in your life, what... Yeah. I'm not, you know, what do you want to be doing? Yeah, what do you want to be yeah. doing when you die? Like standing on stage, playing Jesus on on a professional on a stage professional in New York City. In New York City, yeah, yeah. because someone's upset and they <laughs> sh- they kill you on t- I mean, like, what a fucking way to go! Like, like that's fucking crazy. And you know, like, not Let's to be clear, I did not want that to happen. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. But, imagine, but like, I, you're, I, you're not going to have to wait in line in heaven either. They're, they're just, I'll go right on through, please. Just the day before. Fast pass. Yeah. I, exactly. I, I worked on this musical on Broadway called Shrek the Musical. And I played Shrek in Shrek the Musical oh, wow. for, for it. But for the Broadway workshops and the readings of it. And the final workshop, the one, well, the workshop, the first big performance. Where um, the day that that day was going to be uh, Kate Winslet, David Geffen, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, Sam Mendes, Jason Moore, Tim Weil, the musical director from Rent, who is our musical director, and then uh, the rest of the team, everyone else that worked on it, everyone was going to be there, and my family were were flown in to come watch me do this performance with the full cast and the orchestra and everything. And, and before this job, you were answering phones at the comedy store and mixing perfumes at a at a factory, <laughs> at a factory for, for making for like perfume like, for maybe, witches. Yeah, it was like a like, like a that's, gothy. That's the jump in jobs that this was. Yeah, it was right. like I was the yeah. doorman at the comedy store, and then I was <laughs> I had this job. And the day before that performance, uh, the the director Jason Moore walked in on me. Uh, crying in a in a like a side room alone. I was like in a room. I was rehearsing, and then I just fucking like lost it. And he he came in the room and was like, "What's going on with you? Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm freaking out, man. Like I don't know what to do. And like and I, I'm getting really scared about yeah. what's gonna happen." And he was like, "Well, what are you afraid is gonna happen?" And I was like, "What happens if I'm standing on stage in front of all those people and the." The lights come on, and I have a heart attack, and I just die <laughs> right there in front of everybody on Forty Second Street. Like, what happens? It can and, happen. And he was like, he was like, then you died doing the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> was he like, then we got your understudy? They just and come it would right be the out. most memorable memorable death I've ever heard of. <laughs> but we didn't have an understudy. I didn't have one on the show. So he was like. There's no like, oh, some other guy's gonna step in. It was just the show's fucking yeah. done. They're like, basically. give me a fat guy that can sing. I need right. him here now. So he was <laughs> like, weekend of Bernie's with your body. <laughs> yeah. They just drag me around. They have five guys dragging my body. It, it'd have to be five guys. Like no one else is gonna be able. Luckily, to there weren't death threats. Oh yeah, there was no death threats. I was just panicked that like that would. Happen. But that's what he said. Was like, this is this is the best possible way to go if it's gonna happen. So just fucking get yeah. in there, and have a good time, and if it happens, then that's how it goes. <laughs> but yeah. you, you you won't. You'll be okay. You the know? closest thing to yeah. death threats was people were giving him free buffet coupons. <laughs> <laughs> Just eat one more Twinkie before you go out there. You're like, thank you, Mr. Disney. Wait, Mr. Disney. Just, oh, no. Just trying to fuck over DreamWorks. Just Disney trying to fuck. That was a real inside joke. Uh, <laughs> it was a bad Broadway inside joke. But yeah, the the you know that I can only imagine what that would be like to to have to be on stage while while there's death threats with like bomb sniffing dogs in front of the theater and you're 
It's not like they're not, there's not death threats against the guy playing like Larry, you know? Like it's like it's you're, be you. it's you're, yeah. you're the guy. It'd be I was you. not aware of that apostle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is. The apostle Larry. Larry. The, apostle. the apostle of Larry. Oh, Book sure. Of Larry. Great <laughs> patron guy. saint of Pop Tarts and James. <laughs> Pop Tarts and Chick fil A. Um, I would have been a lot more religious if there had been a, a Larry out there to identify with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt, you and me are both uh, standing comedians and i know we both uh say a lot of things that are uh, very offensive on a mm-hmm. regular basis do you ever have trouble sleeping at night uh yeah not because of things i say though it's just because i have lousy pillows oh okay so you don't have like a horrible feeling of guilt sometimes for the never. awful things oh that, well that's nice. never i'm proud of the horrible things that i say to people <laughs> that's no that's good that's a good way to yeah. be sometimes i uh I, I do have trouble sleeping uh, or i did have trouble sleeping mm-hmm. until i got this brand new pillow what kind of pillow I mean, this is next level stuff, Matt. This thing, this is a pillow. Uh, you've never seen a pillow like this because uh, until recently it did not exist. It's called the buttress pillow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is shaped like a butt and it has little legs. And it's a, it's, uh, you got, you're not going to believe this. You got to go check it out. The buttresspillow.com. So it's like your face rests on a butt. Your face is is pressed into a butt crack while the legs support your uh, mm-hmm. your neck and shoulders basically it's, it's, it sounds comfortable. It is very comfortable. Uh, it's ergonomic. Uh, am I saying that right? Er- yes. Ergonomic, uh, functional, all natural, and it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, check this out. This is this is from their website. Um, soft but supportive, with feeling with the feeling of a butt. All right, and the sweet spot is between the thighs and the cheeks, which will gently cradle your head and support your neck. Great for side sleepers, back sleepers, and stomach sleepers. It's squeezable, slappable. Face variable, uh, relieves stress. You know, from having a long, horrible day. You've what? What do you want to do at the end of a long day? Put your head in a butt. That is a hundred percent right. Well, you could dress it up. You can dress it down. You want to throw you, some PJs? You convince me. So where do I go get one of these? You go to thebuttresspillow dot com. Thebuttresspillow dot com. That's t h e b u t t r e s s pillow dot com. Go to thebuttresspillow.com, Matt, and uh, get your sleep on. You'll have much better dreams. All right, let's get back to the show. There's your first role that's listed uh, as far as work on IMDb, and we like to test IMDb to see if they're right or not. And if they're wrong, we call them and tell them they're wrong. Like, no, I have don't. a guy. Okay. I will call the guy. I'm going to tell him. No, you won't. I'm going to do All right, maybe I won't. My first credit on first IMDb. Cre- do you know what it is? It's, Was it Boiler Room? It's not. It's Sex in the City. No, that's your first. Well, you might. Be, wait, you're looking at the TV part, no, not I'm the film part. It's all They're in different sections. It's all combined. It's, it's combined, combined together. I'm pretty sure yeah. I did Boiler Room before Sex and the Boiler City. Boiler Room is 2000, but they say you did an episode of Sex and the City in 1999. Oh, it was they right may have came out after, but it might have been released after. Oh, it was oh, released. Be, I shot it before Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. When, when you, because your your early credits are, you know, Alec McBeal, Sex and the City, Urban Legends, things like Did this. Did you call it Alec McBeal? No, <laughs> Allie McBeal. Alex Trekbeal. <laughs> totally different show. Of, Alec of, McBeal. Yeah. 
of of those, uh, w- what did you do on Sex in the City? Because it was we a have great a lot joke of... there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I know. We were all like, oh, there's something mashup of let's all just win. move on. What yeah. is Louis Vuitton for four hundred? <laughs> as good as we're gonna get. <laughs> nice, not great, but it's okay. We'll it's, keep it. And we'll move on. Yeah. Um, um, we have a lot of female listeners, and I know that they uh, are. I know there's a lot of fans of Sex in the City. So what what did you do on that show? What was that like? Who did oh, you work with? Well, it's great when the Sex and the City days in New York acting were great because every working male actor in New York City <laughs> had a different nickname associated with the show, right? And that would identify the role that they played. Like mm-hmm. there was Cunnilingus guy. Right. There was um, that's the nickname to get. There was every, yeah. you know? there was a closeted gay guy. There was you know I was Crab's boy. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. uh, season three. Talk my, about my a no whammies sort my, of thing. My character <laughs> gave Charlotte crabs. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's did, so did that it was actually a, It was a fun role, though, I got to say. Did that actually hamper your dating life in New York at the I time? I am either? not a method actor, my friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, people seeing you on TV where they're just like, eh, <laughs> nah. Like, do you think that might have happened with some women or no? No, I, no, I didn't. I, I, no. I, I don't get recognized that often, okay. even now. I, I, I don't know what it is. Well, now every nerd I, in America knows who you are. Cause, which uh, one was Charlotte? <laughs> but, yeah. Charlotte was the, the hot one. Oh well, there there's like there's a couple. There was a lot. Of there's there's a lot they, they were all very. Kim Cattrall is very. <laughs> she, Kim Cattrall is great. Charlotte was the. But brunette. if you had Charlotte to give crabs to any of them, yeah, no. Charlotte, Charlotte was the prettiest. I think the, <laughs> the pretty brunette, right? The pretty yeah. brunette. Uh, she's very. Uh, so very I was. Beautiful. I was. Miranda's all, the redhead. I was all about Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, that's really? yeah. Wow. And now, but did you but for she and I have the same manager, and so I, I see her every now and then, and I'm mm-hmm. friendly with her, and it's just like I, I'm. She still intimidates is, me. Is she wow. gonna run for office again? Do you think? Well, sometimes I don't I know, but I love. She's a lovely, lovely lady. If I, I lived like in New York, I would have. And for she her, is so. an incredible actress. Yeah. You should see her on stage. They kind of made dynamo. her like dressed down compared to the other ones on that show. But I've seen her in other stuff, and I was like, oh, she's actually really hot. Yeah, so I, I get what you're and she's saying. a super talent. I mean, she's like Broadway, like like gold. She's done yeah. so much stuff on Broadway. She was the only person I know that was that w- that ever did two Broadway shows at the same time. Whoa, Whoa, what? Yeah, so she had two competing offers, and this was she was she was much younger, and um, I believe it was our manager that helped to figure this out. But she was going to have to choose one, and then then her representatives realized wait a second she's in the first act in the third <laughs> act of one play mm-hmm. and she's only in the second act of the other play <laughs> what what are the run times of these plays yeah. and i swear to, and they're across the street from each other oh no. <laughs> so oh, they figured way. it out so she would do the first act of one play run across the street change clothes do the second act of the other play Change clothes, run back, do the third act of the other play. What? Wow. Curtain call, run back over, curtain call. <laughs> she was getting two paychecks on Broadway at the same time. That, that is, is astounding. She's that's I know, fucking right? That's, crazy. That is yeah. good agency. I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's the Deion wow. Sanders of Broadway. Yeah, she's the only person that I know of that's ever been able to do that. That's I've amazing. Never, I've never heard of anything yeah. like that. Like, I thought well, you meant, like, maybe, oh, like, three days a week she's over here and two days a week she's here, but, like, the same night. That's you know, like incredible. when we were doing Shrek, Sutton Foster was Fiona in Shrek with me from 
7 in the morning until 4 o'clock. And at 4 o'clock, she would go next door to Young Frankenstein, get into costume. And then at 7 o'clock, she would go and do Young Frankenstein on Broadway all the way until the late evening, go to sleep at night, get up in the morning, and then go back and do rehearsal the next morning. And she was going through a a divorce, I believe, at the same time. (laughs) And like she was just fucking killing it wait, wait, like, and, and you're crying in the closet I'm losing <laughs> my mind I was freaked out the whole time but she was like I mean she's a ama- she's amazing yeah, so you woman. were worried about you having how old was she yeah. the- how old was she at this time maybe 20 she was in mid yeah, 20s there you go yeah. she's, <laughs> she, she's one of my favorite things about Sutton Foster and I could just say this very quickly because it's amazing uh, she auditioned for Thoroughly Modern Millie on Broadway and she was like in the in the chorus of the show, and then they were like, "Oh, we've lost our lead woman. We need to replace the lead with uh, a, a, someone. Maybe we'll take someone from in the cast to replace our Millie, the lead character." And Sutton Foster uh, raised her hand and was like, "I would like to audition for that part." And they were like, "Oh, this like random chorus girl, along with a couple <laughs> other like bigger people mm-hmm. from the show, are going to audition for this part." And all the other people went up and they sang songs from fuck. And Wicked and from you know Avenue Q and all the big musicals and whatever and Sutton Foster got up in front of everyone and sang the song Oklahoma from Oklahoma <laughs> which is like the cheesiest fucking song ever and they were like this is the woman and then she won the Tony for it wow. because like it's such a it's you have to be a bad motherfucker to yeah. be able to sing a cheesy mm-hmm. Broadway song and okay. then turn it into a legendary piece. Of Speaking work. of cheesy and awards, you were nominated for this for two awards for the same movie. Uh, you were nominated for Teen Choice Award for Best Chemistry and the Golden Razzie for Worst On Screen Couple. And that's for <laughs> for Crossroads, Crossroads with Britney Spears. Crossroads with Britney Spears. Now, how do you explain that one? Yeah, that yeah. is we. That's a that's a fun. That's a funky one. How was that move? You you know Taryn Manning uh-huh. who was in that with you. I went to junior high school with me. No. One of my dear, dear friends. Really? She wrote in my yearbook in the seventh grade. She said. Stop following uh, me home. Yeah. She wrote, <laughs> dear Stephen. Uh, you're you're cool, I guess. Try not to be so annoying next year, Taryn Manning. <laughs> and I and, and I give her shit for it all the time. I still love her so much. Still hasn't done the show, by the way. Yeah, no, still oh, hasn't done that. But she's off doing Orange Is the New Black. She's great. Um, you have to tell us. <laughs> she's a wonderful actress. Please tell us about this movie. Tell us yeah. about how this happened. Yes, yeah. what yeah. it was like. Uh, God. Uh, I was twenty-seven. Uh, when that came around, um, and Brittany and was I, like twenty, maybe or she was n- nine, eighteen, turning nineteen, and uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I was like, I, yeah, I knew it's it's a teen, it's a teenager movie, and I, I, I did have student loans to pay, <laughs> not to make any excuse for the film because. Um, I'm cl- very glad I it was did nominated it. for multiple it, awards, and I'll tell you why. Um, so I'm I was doing a mo- I was doing City by the Sea at the time, and I was on I was on s- no yeah I was shooting with De Niro up in Yonkers at the police station there. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> There's one of those I was you don't think you're ever gonna I get had to a, say. <laughs> I had what I thought was going to be an audition, uh, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go in, and I was in and Bob was like, well, "What was that?" And I was like, eh, it's just this movie, Crossroads. It's going to be this movie that 
Britney Spears is doing. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and would you here? Would you run lines with me? You just you read her line. <laughs> one of the ballsiest so moments of my life. Did Nero did the Britney part? Yeah, he ran lines <laughs> with me. It's like I don't know if I want to do this, and he's like, think "Why not?" I did it again. I but, think I did it. But if that is not a scene in whenever they make a movie about De Niro's life, <laughs> yeah. I'm very disappointed. That is so. Fu- I said, "I don't want to. I don't know if so I want to do this." And he said, "Is it a job?" And I said, "Yeah." And he's like, "Why not?" And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so I went to meet these people, and we had a lovely meeting, and they decided that I was the guy, and that. Uh, Brittany had to sign off on me, so I'm on, on next day. I'm back at the Yonkers. I'm on the set with De Niro, and I start getting. The, I get this phone call from my agent. Brittany Spears is only in town for one more day, and she wants to meet you. Like, that's great. Uh, I am shooting with this uh, little-known actor named Robert De Niro, <laughs> uh, and he's like, "Well, she's only here for one day." I'm like, "Good luck with that." And I turned off my phone, and I stopped answering my phone. And then at a certain point, the um, uh, second AD sa- came and said, um, you're going to have a visitor at lunch, and we're going to move you into a better trailer. So, <laughs> so they did, and and Brittany came with her assistant. And this oh this will tell you the kind of God. young lady that Brittany was, and um, and I'm certain still is. Uh, her, her assistant was her former dental hygienist. <laughs> <laughs> lovely lady by the name of Felicia. And uh and we we had a lovely conversation. Uh they they were uh I don't know. Brittany was a little she wasn't too talkative, but but we for some reason we ended up talking about Christmas, what we had done for Christmas and and I ended up telling the story that involved me being in back in my hometown and uh posing for a picture with a um the 16-year-old daughter of a of a family that was a friends of my family. And when <laughs> nobody was, nobody, everybody, so that the only thing that was behind us is the Christmas tree and everybody else is looking at us from the front. And this girl had grabbed my butt <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, they kind of laughed. And then, uh, and then eventually they left. And I was like, well, that's it. I'm not getting this job. You know? <laughs> and they, and they offered me the job and, uh, and uh, I don't know. Uh, there's something else that came in at the time that I decided not to do. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So another I I went out or another project and you just another project that yeah. it wasn't feeling right for other reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went down to Louisiana and um, it was a great experience. It was I work really well with with. Uh, I really like having women in positions of power um, on the things that I do. I grew up with a s- mm-hmm. largely a single mother. Cynthia Nixon. Times. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, this is a wonderful uh, female producer named Ann Carley, and a wonderful, um, wonderful female director, and obviously a a cast of great ladies that uh, just had a great time with. Yeah. Yeah. I love and then it was weird, you know. They, like there was, a, there was, the the movie did pretty well, made money. Yeah, but it, you know, it had this kind of place in the uh, uh, lexicon of the ch- cheesier American, modern American movies. Well, and sure. then it's come around now, and all these 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 girls who gone to see it when they're twelve are now adults, and and it it's had this weird kind of a uh, cult 
mm-hmm. uh, associate cult 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 following. Well, yeah, because you have Zoe Saldana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have yeah. Uh, Taron Manning, and you have Britney Spears at like the top of her yeah. game. And I'm in surprised. The post- and wait, and cult in, thing with men. Well, and <laughs> also, guys, in the poster. A burrito. Don't forget, <laughs> there was a burrito in the now poster. I'm really surprised. There was a, a there's a lot thing. of weird moments in that movie that are very like culty and funny. The, yeah. There was a great thing that they used to do at the original Alamo Draft House in Austin. Oh, where they yeah. would do a live sort of mystery science theater three thousand mm-hmm. kind of thing with mm-hmm. three comedians down front with microphones. And their most popular show that they would do every month or so they would do Crossroads, and it was always sold out. <laughs> And I'd heard about this, and I finally was working. I was shooting a movie down there, and just outside of Austin. Oh my god, I'm and so sorry. That's okay. Don't worry about it. I got a story about Why that actually. I don't know, it's but you're, you're very popular right now. Oh, it's playing the trailer for Battle of Shaker Heights for some reason. <laughs> Steven, is I'm so sorry. Steven's trying to pass off that that was a ringtone. It actually, was not. He, it was I pressed a button. He ate a tape recorder. Earlier. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Okay. So, anyways, I went to this show and and uh, and as a guest of these guys, and they t- spent the whole time taking the piss out of me, and it was a lot of fun. I'm sure, That's yeah, great, yeah, that's yeah. fucking great, though. And now there's actually the guy, Joel. Is it Joel, the guy who did Mystery Science oh, yeah, Theater yeah. three thousand? Yeah. For when he stopped doing that for a while, he did this thing called Riff Tracks. Yes, yeah, yeah. And hit one of his most popular ones is Crossroads. Crossroads. And huh. my my best friend uh, threw a party, and without telling me. Put on the riff tracks of Crossroads. That's so great! It was, it was great. That's it was a so lot of fun. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a fun I, one. I try not to take myself too seriously. So, <laughs> well, yeah. okay. So, um, there's a couple other things that we have to talk about. Um, I know we have to talk about Star Trek. We have. I have to. We have to talk about Marvels okay. and humans. <laughs> And um, I and we have to talk about your podcast. All right, but before we do that, just real quick, can you give us a, a tiny bit of info on you were in this movie called The Battle of Shaker Heights with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, which was the first Project Greenlight movie. They hadn't made a uh, that they hadn't done something yet. Um, what was that experience like working on that? Because they were kind of was it not great or weird? Like anything? Even it was all right. Keep it short? I I. I um, HBO was very professional about it, uh, and the rule was anytime we told them to stop, get out of my face with the camera, they, they would do that. Um, they weren't too invasive. Some of the, um, some of the editing pissed me off, um, and some of, some of what I found out was going on in, uh, at the production level pissed me out, pissed me off when I found out what was going on that yeah. I did not know about. Um, yeah. Shia was clearly just, I mean, bright as a diamond, uh, just whip smart, uh, fun loving, lovely kid. He was yeah. 14, I think, at the time. Was he very encouraging back then, telling you to just do it? <laughs> uh, I it was fine. I only worked a few days on that, but it yeah. was it was uh, it was a fine experience. All right, okay, good. What well, what kind of stuff did they do in the editing that was, if you want to talk about? It, um, know. you know. Uh, for, just for in, in an instance, um, being called uh, in uh, pre-dawn hours mm-hmm. uh, and then having a day get pushed so far back um, that I'm not used and pushed further back, I, I, I find because the directors uh, pull an emergency meeting, uh, a quote, quotation, in, inflating <laughs> quotation marks, uh-huh. emergency meeting with the producer in which they uh, try to tell them that they're getting too much Produce serial oversight, 
uh, didn't go over well, but pushed us further back to the point that they're they're fighting for light and uh, rushing to mm-hmm. get that. They've already and they sent me sent me back, told me that I've got several hours off to go lay down in my trailer. I go lay down in my trailer. Yeah, I get bang, 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 bang on my door. Rush to set. We're losing light. We got to get your shot. <laughs> I am surrounded by people. This is actually in the movie yeah. or in the series. Uh, surrounded by people throwing on my coat, uh, putting on my makeup, fixing my hair, giving me direction. I got maybe less than ten minutes to get my shot and do it perfectly. Uh, and the in the editing, the excuse that was given was that I fell asleep in my trailer. Oh, wow, that pissed me off. Fucking that pissed yeah. me off. That's a well, shit. that's the whole that reality well, that show. Was the, well, that was the excuse that the first AD gave to the director when actually eyes should have been on me leading up to that moment. They should have known mm. yeah. that I had been sent to my trailer and where to find me. And that's and that, that's yeah. the danger of taking place in any taking part in anything that's a reality show is that they edit it yeah. to make people look however they want to make them look. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah but that could really <clears> have affected your career. Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I I, I, I didn't worry about it too much. Um, Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, Matt, Star Trek it up. Give us some. (laughs) Give us some Star Trek. I know you have questions. Couple questions. Go for it. Were you a Star Trek fan at all before you took this part? Yes, the original series uh, was in syndication on my local UHF channel starting when I was about seven or eight, and my mother told me that I had to watch it, and so I have seen every episode of the original at least three times. Oh, nice. I was watching it last night, uh, by the way. But uh, So you were familiar with Captain Pike from the original, and you'd seen the menagerie and the cage and all that. Um, When you see this part come up, are you excited about that prospect, or are you like, is this something that you've like, you're like, oh my god! I didn't I know what I was this, auditioning or? for. Oh, really? They wouldn't. They didn't. They. they you didn't even know was, the series. I was auditioning for a role of Captain Parker, and I was like, oh, that's a boring name for a captain. Did they yeah. tell you? I mean, you knew it was Star Trek, or? Yeah, I okay. mean, they, they had. We'd been talking about Lorca from season one, mm-hmm. and they they very wisely cast Jason Isaacs. He was great. Who I was already yeah. a fan of, and then when this came around, they they came back and said, hey, well, what a what do you think about this? And I said, sure, I'll put myself on tape. Because there's some resemblance to Jeffrey Hamilton, the original Captain Pike, of course. Jeffrey Hunter. Uh, Jeffrey Hunter, sorry. Um, and you have some resemblance there, I think, when you when they do the hair, the whole deal, and it's like, yeah, that's Captain Pike. I didn't think so until uh, I was, uh, for some reason, I was image searching him, and I came across um, a, a picture, and real quickly, I thought I'd mm-hmm. come across a picture of Colin Bohannon, and it was it turned out it was Jeffrey Hunter playing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, okay, I see it. Yeah. 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 Like, as a viewer, I was I was happy when I saw the photos of you in, in on set and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Captain Pike. Like, that's mm-hmm. a, real, a real one to do. So uh, had you watched the other series? Like, did you watch Next Generation, any of those, or not really? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Next Generation came around when I was in high school. I yeah. lost track of it when I went to college, as you do mm-hmm. with everything. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I really have not dived into the other series um but uh, actually my favorite episode is a next generation episode the inner light oh yeah Yeah, of course it's good that's one where uh picard gets flashed into another society and he lives like an entire lifetime while he's like passed out on the floor and he learns to play the flute and then he has the flute he plays (laughs) and he wakes up and he finds out he's only passed out for five minutes yeah Yeah. it's a whole thing it's great i love that yeah that's like probably. And then they find uh, out it was all taking place in that kid's head. Snow <laughs> <laughs> no, no globe from St. Elsewhere. elsewhere. Yeah. There, we go. there we go. Any any other Star Trek questions before uh, 
Uh, okay, so when good? you go into a set like that, <laughs> yeah. obviously everything is top secret. I would imagine this is the most top secret thing you've done. Yeah, there, you don't. Yeah, it's it's top secret, but they're they're a lot more relaxed. I gotta okay. say than say. And they filmed this in other companies Vancouver? I've worked for. Uh, yeah, and no, in Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then, like, when you get on a set like that, have you worked with people before where they're in like these giant prosthetics and all kinds of crazy makeup and stuff? Or, um, no, I've worked around prosthetics before, but not uh, to the degree. Like Doug I, Jones in this is yeah. like a full. It was funny. Thing. You know, I met Doug in the and as Doug mm-hmm. uh, at our cast dinner, and then I literally didn't see him for several months. Uh, I saw Saru. Yeah. And because we have very different hours, I n- just never saw him coming or going until one day he got. <laughs> He uh, got um, he got wrapped early. Mm-hmm. I was walking to my trailer for something, and then here comes Doug Jones. I was like, "Oh my God, Doug! I haven't <laughs> seen you in uh, for like fifteen minutes." Yeah. <laughs> wow! I just hadn't seen him. Him, you know. Yeah, he's such yeah. a fascinating character. I can't wait. Can we got him on the one show. Of the, the loveliest. Yeah, we've people. got him. He would have to be. It's such a yeah. kind, he's the most patient. Guy. Zen-like creature you'll ever meet. Know, yeah, like we have him in a couple weeks, and I can't wait to ask him about what it was like in season one to be eaten. Yeah. The first main character in Star Trek, I remember being eaten by someone else. Yeah, I'm very excited. About very that. quick thing about Doug Jones: I saw him at Comic Con on the Metro that would take you back and mm-hmm. forth, and I thought I'm not going to bother him. I'd, I'd met him before, but I was like, I'm going to leave him alone. He's on the Metro, and so I turn around for a second. I turn back around. There's a crowd around <laughs> him of people, and he's hugging all of them. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, Every single wow. one. Wow, that doesn't yeah. surprise Could me. Could not at all. be more of a. He's a, a big hugger. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's just he's a wonderful guy. He's on our February 16th show mm-hmm. at the Hollywood Improv, uh, which is our Valentine's Day uh, special. Very romantic. Show. Yeah, it's very romantic. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of romantic people. Uh, not not really. He was not he was a fish <laughs> man in a romance movie. That's a rom- that's, that's kind of yeah. romantic. Yeah. Uh yeah, we're gonna give away a uh, a, a gift. A you gift. should bring him a hard boiled egg. Oh, we totally <laughs> should. <laughs> but, yeah, but one for his wife as well. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. We're giving away a a gift to the best couple in the audience mm-hmm. and a gift to the best uh, single person in the audience. Uh, and that we're gonna play some games to kind of figure yeah. out who is who's who's the biggest loser. In the audience <laughs> also, um, you, tell us about your your podcast because yeah. this this is a this is a big deal for you, and I've looked through some of the guests. You have some amazing people on there. <laughs> I mean, today, even to yeah. this yeah. morning. Yeah. Even. So please tell, talk, tell us. Uh, yeah, this morning I was interviewing Anthony Hopkins for wow. the podcast. Um, Anthony and I were, were working together last week, and he is anybody who has worked with him knows he is a lovely man, uh, very, very gracious, and we 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 got along, and uh, he. I told him about the podcast. He said he wanted to be on it, and he invited me over for breakfast mm-hmm. this morning. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, he, I, he starts telling stories, and it's just like, you know, did I ever tell you about the time I met Betty Davis? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then suddenly Betty Davis sort of comes up from under his skin, mm-hmm. and he, it's like, it's better oh than watching a movie God. play. He's just yeah. most incredible storyteller. He made me late for a meeting today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the idea behind the Well podcast is that it's it's about create creativity, creative thinking in all its forms. So we don't just have actors and musicians. We have a, a Pulitzer Prize-dominated biologist, 
Yes, mm-hmm. a biologist who wrote a book. I love uh, it. Love it. Yeah, and a, a football coach. I have a. I have a. I have a um, episode in the can with Cynthia Rowley, and all we talked about was surfing. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. really just it's great. ways of our, our mantra is that our guest is not our guest. Mm-hmm. Our guest is their connection to creativity or their well source. Oh, for creativity, where cool. what they go to for for inspiration and creative energy. Wow, hmm. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's sort of like if you. I don't know if you've ever listened to Radio Lab, but we. I yeah. like to. I like to think of us as a Radio Lab about creativity. So it's kind of like if they were Vulcans, you'd be going for their Katra. That would be. Just to bring back you the Star Trek. fucking <laughs> nerd. This fucking nerd. Sorry, every chance I get. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it, it it does make a lot of sense though, because when you talk to people who have been like at the top of their game or they are currently at the top of their game in some way shape or form it doesn't it doesn't always have to be a, a celebrity like we had um we had uh john lewis the the um zoo director for the la yeah. zoo oh yeah on our mm. show we went to the zoo we went and to the zoo and we office. sat with him and heard like what it's like to become a zoo director and where where when you hear these people talk about like Passionately you know, they're, what they're passionate about, yeah. why what why it's important to them, and what they love, and what drives their whole life. Like, you know, I, that's why I think listening to a show like The Well is this is going to be it's going to be a fucking huge show, and it's a uh, like it's I'm, awesome. I'm tired of hearing people talk just about the things that we expect them to talk about. Who else yeah. is like a guest that you badly want on your show? Oh wow. Um, um, I um I actually uh I I put out an offer to President Bush uh to mm. talk about his painting. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah. He's a hard man to reach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, have, we have some similar Or you get Sam Rockwell to talk about George W. Bush's painting. Sam would he's be so good. <laughs> Sam, actually Sam's on the list. Yeah. He would he's yeah. a he is such a, a a great conversationalist and yeah. smart guy. He would be great on the show. I just asked him about Galaxy Quest the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you shouldn't have on your show uh, is uh, Tom Sizemore. Don't have that guy. Because <laughs> oh, wow. we, had, we had him on our show, and, uh, and he said, uh, this was pre-allegations, and he said, uh, he got, well, first of all, he got bored. Uh, yeah. And then he picked up a picture of his phone, and he showed us a picture of a woman's ass, and he said, <laughs> This is what I'm missing out on while we're <laughs> be here. dicking around doing this. So can we wrap it up? <laughs> and then if we if we asked him a question he didn't like, he just hold the phone up and point. <laughs> like it was just so fucking brutal. That one. And then who was the other guy we had on that was like Mark Paul Mark Mark Boone Jr. Oh, yeah. from you know he Mark was Boone terrifying. Jr. No, he was in Sons uh, of Anarchy. Santa, Sons of Anarchy. Long beard, kind of a heavy set guy with with yeah. long hair. Yeah. Terrifying. And he sat next to us, and we said to him, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, so was it? Uh, what was it like working on Sons of Anarchy?" And he'd go, "Fine." <laughs> and we would just go, oh, God damn it, this is going to be hard. So it's like there's certain people. I like him a lot, but it was hard. That yeah. was hard. You were in um, Batman Begins with Christian Bale. Oh, you know, who I was, <laughs> you know who I was supposed to interview this week, and he got held up uh, at con, was um, Walton Goggins. His started, oh, I love uh, that guy. He, he and a friend have started, uh, they've uh, opened their own distillery downtown. So yeah. I wanted yeah, to talk about whiskey it. with Walton. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. He was oh, the we, we'll get there. I, the next time I'm in town, we'll, we'll do it. 
Yeah. He's who I wanted to play the Joker when they cast. Oh, he uh, would ben be. Affleck yeah, for he Batman. would be great. I was like, oh, they should get that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah, great guy. Him. Really great guy. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, we we do have to wrap up. Uh, where can people find? Uh, the well. We're on all major platforms: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcasts. You can search for the well. I, it turns out there are a few other podcasts called the Well, so you can also search my name and it will pop up, per- perhaps a little easier. That's that, yeah. That's the move. Mm-hmm. That's the move to do. Um, one last thing: uh, in the show uh, Marvel's Inhumans, you mm-hmm. played Black Bolt. Yeah. Uh, now that that show is done. Uh, you are a piece of the Marvel universe, and what that normally means is is actors who play a superhero at some point end up getting to play a superhero again. Is there a different superhero that you have any interest in playing? Like, is there someone that you want to do? I was actually in the running. <clears throat> excuse me, in the running for Gambit. Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, for the bitch. first Wolverine movie. Yeah, <clears throat> and. Um, I, I've heard that um, um, Channing, Channing is is on board for some iteration of that, yeah. um, but I, I I hope he doesn't. I see him more as a colossus <laughs> than a than a Gambit myself. Yeah, uh, but Gambit is my favorite comic book character of all time. Amazing. I have a story to tell you when we wrap that I think you'll enjoy, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, you'd make a great Gambit. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. <laughs> yeah, or Adam Warlock. Oh, he'd be so great. There's so many great characters you could play. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much for coming to do the show, man. My and, pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to check out Let's the... Let's do uh, the live show sometime. Hell oh, yeah. yeah yes. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we could play a... Could we play a clip from Crossroads? Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. my God. We <laughs> and only if you make fun of it. I, I may <laughs> yes. even... We could even consider... We could reach out to Taryn and see if she'd come <laughs> yeah. too and do a reunion and have both yeah. of you guys on stage. That would be great. That would be yeah. amazing. All right. Thanks for listening to the Nighttime Show. Uh, Matt Walker, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, three quick things. You can find everything about me at funnymat.com if you're annoyed by me you can let me know at mattwalkersucks.com but also uh, Stephen and I have a brand new podcast that we just launched where I terrify him by talking to him all about the time I was a juror on a murder trial for a man who murdered his mother and dismembered her body. <laughs> I fucking and I hate give him all the details. Show. <laughs> and he's scared shitless the entire time. So, it's so look for that. Scary. It's a new show called Juror Number Eight. <laughs> and you it's tricked a good me time. into it, and now I'm on a podcast. <laughs> that with sounds him. great. It's like a mini series podcast, yeah. basically. It's fucking terrifying. All right, Mike, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on all social media at Mike Black Attack. I also do another podcast called The Power Pals which is a lot of fun. It's very nerdy and very dirty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and where can people find you? I am, uh, where can I get in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah. What's your address? Uh, where in Brooklyn are you? <laughs> where, where in Brooklyn? I am on all major social media platforms. Um, yeah, no, I, I, my wife and I right now, we're in, we're in Brooklyn. Uh, what part of Brooklyn? I'd rather not <laughs> oh, say. Don't say that on the air. Why would I even ask you that on the air? <laughs> like to hang out. I used to live in Brooklyn. Uh, that's why I lived I'll in Brooklyn. I'll tell you when we're, right, but we're, 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 we're moving up to Connecticut soon anyways. But, all right. Uh, people can find me on all the Twitter social media, at yeah. Anson Mount. And uh, The Well Podcast is at The Well Pod on Twitter, and we're at The Well Podcast on Instagram. 
Yeah, and, and I believe if you go to your Twitter, uh, it's in the bio, so you can click the link there if you, yes. if you need to find it that way. You can always get me uh, at Stephen Glickman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Glickman, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to check out The Nighttime Show uh, online. Go to uh, www.thenighttimeshow.com for uh, the live show, for other stuff, and for merch, and for all sorts of fun stuff. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for, again for listening. Oh. Yeah.